We are starting a new series this morning called Planted. Um, this is, man, I, I'm so pumped about this series. Um, I've just, I've, whoop, that was fun. I feel like this is just a real, like a real now. You know, like sometimes we, we always teach them out. I don't want you, when I sit, get up here and say I'm excited about this series, I don't want you to think, oh, so you're never excited about the other ones. Um, but I, you know, sometimes we, some of them are just strict teaching, you know, and then sometimes you do these series, you feel like God has just said, this is for you guys right now. And I just feel like this is really critical for us um, individually as a church, um, just talking about kind of what does it look like in the Bible? What does membership in the body look like in the Bible? Um, what does it look in a, and I say body and that if you're not churched, you know, you didn't go to church all your life. You don't read the Bible a lot. I start saying things like, wait, he's talking about a body. Like, are they going to bring a body out? Are we going like, to open up a cadaver? <laughs> of course, we're, well, we might, that'd be cool. No, we're probably not going to do that. But the body of Christ is just a, a term that the Bible uses to talk about the church. And we'll talk more about that next week. We're not going to be talking about necessarily bodies today, but um, just so you kind of have a frame of reference where we're going, we're just going to talk about when the Bible talks about membership, about being part of a body of Christ, about being part of a local body, about being part of a church, what exactly does that look like? I think it's one of those terms that we throw around, and I'm guilty of it. I, I'll say it all the time. You know, I'm a member of this, or I'm a member of the Y, or I'm a member of Gold's Gym, or I'm a member of Sam's Club. You know, we throw that out there, and honestly, we don't even know what that means. Sometimes we just use it, you know, or I'm, um, anybody ever, this is going way back, but did anybody ever have a members only jacket? Yeah, that's right. You know who you are. Put your hands down. Membership. Um, so today we're talking about just, I want us to focus on that one word planted. I'm going to lay something on you. It's brilliant. Are you ready? You're going to want to write this down. I promise. This is brilliant. When I think of the word planted, I think of plants. It's life-changing, isn't it? Some of you are so mad at me right now because you wrote half that sentence out, and then when I finished it, you're like, God, I thought it was going to really be brilliant. It's stupid. Thanks so much. It's not really spectacular, but I do think that plants can teach us something, and this is where our big idea comes from today, okay? So at the top of your sheet, you can fill this in. The biggest thing that we can learn from plants is this. We grow up. When we put our roots down. That's what I want you to remember from today. We grow up when we put our roots down. Um, not that we always want to grow up. I'll give you that. Um, some of us can relate to um, having, want to have no responsibilities, just freedom, just kind of chilling. That's why we like vacation, right? You go down to the beach, you go to the mountains, you stay at a hotel. You don't have to make your bed. Someone else makes it for you. Like if you go to a really fancy place, you can just be like kicking back on the on the shore, and you just do this, and someone'll bring you something to to drink, and then when you're done, you just go take it away, and they take it away, and while they're doing that, they're like cleaning your laundry, and putting fresh sheets on the bed, and when you go back in, there's like chocolate on the pillow. We love that stuff, right? I mean, I didn't describe where anybody lives, did I? Yeah, because that's not how we live. That's how we vacation. You know, if there's chocolate on your pillow at home, it's because you ate it late at night and drooled during your sleep. <laughs> right? Exactly. Not that that's ever happened to me, of course. I'm just saying I've read about it. 
Um, we like to be responsibly responsibility free. We, we kind of like that carefree attitude. But at some point, and parents, you especially, you just look at your kids and you're like, it's time to grow up. Some of you parents, hopefully none of you, but it's possible that some of you can relate to this. Um, show that picture. I love this. I didn't see this movie, but I do love this T-shirt. Uh, I'm a stay-at-home son. I love that. Yeah. We pray for all parents if that's what they have to think like. Think every day. They look at their son and go, "God, you're a stay-at-home son. That's what you. That's what you are. What are you? Do? What are you pursuing for a career? I'm a stay-at-home son. Awesome. Spiritually, just like physically, I believe this: that growing up starts with settling down. Growing up starts with settling down. Um, I don't mean that to say that we settle. I don't think that we have been called to a gospel that settles. But I think settling down, God's got great plans. He wants to stretch us. He wants us to reach. But settling down is about planting yourself in a place where your roots can start to go down deep. So today, here's all we're going to do. Ask two questions. Um, we're going to just lay some foundation for the next two weeks. We're going to ask two specific questions. Number one, does God want us to be planted and then two, what happens when we are planted? So number one, does God want us to be planted? I'm going to give you four scripture references. You can jot them down. I'm going to tell you a little bit about them, and then you can study them later if you'd like. All right, the first one is Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Um, if you just have a regular Bible, maybe not a study Bible with lots of maps in the back, if you open your Bible almost exactly in the middle, you'll probably, probably be in Psalms. Psalms chapter 1 says this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers or eat chocolate late at night and let it... Anyway, let's move on. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Whatever he does prospers. So Psalm 1 Describes two people, blessed people and wicked people. And in verse 3, describes one of those two. Are you still with me? So verse 3 is talking about, let's just give you a little test. Is verse 3 talking about blessed people or wicked people? Blessed, okay. That's a kind of, that's an easy one. I started you off with an easy question. It's talking about blessed people. So does God want us to be planted? It would seem from that verse that he would like you to be planted. I don't think God's up in heaven going, I'd like to have more wicked people. He'd like to have blessed people. So he would like you to be like a tree planted. We'll come back to see exactly what happens when we are planted. But for now, let's just say that's a yes on the yes side of our sheet to the question. Does God want you to be planted? It would appear so. One more verse, Jeremiah 17, 8. That's the next one. Jeremiah 17.8, this one sounds very similar to what we just read. We'll start in verse 7. It says, But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Verse 8, He will be like a tree planted by the water. That sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. And never fails to bear fruit. So here we're talking about 
a prophetic word through Jeremiah about cursed man and about blessed man. Uh, verse 8 seems to describe the blessed man. It describes him as a tree that's planted. It seems pretty certain that this is a yes. Would you say that? This is a yes to our question. Does God want us to be planted? We've just read two verses that would seem to say yes. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. Do you two in the New Testament? Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. By the way, I'm just a fount of biblical wisdom today. So if you have always wondered where certain books, books are in the Bible, in the New Testament, um, when we talk about like some of Paul's letters, which are called epistles, we'll just move on from there because I think it's funny. Um, Colossians, it's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, General Electric Power Company. See how I did that? It's just a good way to remember that. I'm a fount of biblical wisdom this morning. You can also go with the greasy edge of potato chips. But whatever helps you find Colossians, it's up to you. Y'all are going to start chanting, back to the woods, back to the woods. All right, here we go. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 7. Let's start. We're going to start with verse 6. Paul's writing and he says this. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Just a couple thoughts about that. If you're starting with verse 6, it's pretty straightforward that the commands from Paul are about a Christian life. Okay? So, if you're not a Christian, if you're in here and you're not a Christian, what does that mean? It means that maybe you've been in church all your life, you've heard about Jesus, you've heard about a book called the Bible, you're pretty sure that's the big one that sits on your coffee table at home that, yay, is never cracked open because it would crack. Um, you've, you think you're supposed to do certain things right, you're pretty sure being a Christian means you don't, you try not to cuss, you try not to chew, you try not to date girls who do. Um, it's, <laughs> a fount of biblical wisdom is me today wow um but you're pretty sure that that's what christianity is it's like this list of rules and you, you do some things you don't do th some things i've mentioned this a couple times it's like the doctor that wendy worked with in columbia and he just looked at her one day and he said why in the world would you want to be a christian and she's thinking why in the world would you not want to be a christian he said the only thing i can figure out about christians is they're just like me with 10 percent less of their money I mean, in his mind, if you said define Christianity, he'd have said those are the people that are stupid enough to give away 10% of their money to an invisible God. He could not see any other reason. And so if you're here, and, and this is a command to Christians, he says, look, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, what that means is if you've never received him as Lord, you kind of get to kick back right here and go, I don't have to worry about this one. Now, you do have to worry about other things like hell, brimstone, the pit of despair. Um, if you ever watched Princess Bride, you have to worry about that stuff. You have to worry about like not having joy and not having peace and not knowing that you have the God that we just sang about, the God that transformed Randy's life, not having him on your side, making you strong and, and giving you all the benefits that we're going to read about in a little bit. You've got to worry about that. But you don't have to worry about being rooted, right? Because you're not even following Jesus. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means you make him Lord. No matter what you face, he's always going to be higher, right? 
So, um, I don't know what you struggle with. We all struggle with different stuff. Maybe you struggle with, as an adult, watching cartoons. I know I should stop watching cartoons because I'm, I'm a man, and you can't. I mean, every time you think about that, he is Lord. Every time, maybe you struggle with drinking. No, no, you're not a drunk. You just drink recreationally, but sometimes you go too far. And so every time you see it, an alcohol, a beer can, he is Lord over that. That's what it means to be a Christian. It's possible that you struggle with laughing at a table during a message. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just saying. Here's what it means. If you are following him, if you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him. It starts with salvation. It continues with living for Christ. And part of that process is having a desire to be rooted in Christ. That word rooted is only used two times in the New Testament. And it means this, to strengthen with roots, to fix, to establish, to cause a person to be thoroughly grounded. Let me ask you a question. Are you thoroughly grounded? I want to be thoroughly grounded. And the only way to do that is to make a decision to follow Christ and then be rooted and grounded. So the answer here again seems to be yes. One more passage is Ephesians. You're going to go back because General Electric Power Company. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17. And then we'll get to the good stuff. I mean, this is good stuff, but you know what I'm saying. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. We read this verse last week. It's a great verse. Paul says in verse 14, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love, this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So we read that last week. We knew that he wants them to know fully how much God loves them. And part of how they could know the love of God was to become more rooted and what has roots plants yeah if you said your neighbor wrong answer um (laughs) plants have roots right so part of the way that we know the love of god more and more is that we are we're planted we have roots he wanted them to be planted so does god want us planted answer the question yes or no yes all right so number one we're done with number two here's where you get to do all the writing what happens when we're planted And we've answered the first question. God wants us to be planted. So the question now is what happens when we're planted? And we're just going to look back at, I'm going to go back and look at those same four passages. I'm just going to tell you the benefits of being planted. Are you ready? Just get your pens ready. You're going to be writing. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1 is the one we talked about. said that the blessed people are like a tree that are planted. Here are the benefits in that passage. Planted people are blessed in verse 1 of that passage. Verse 1 also says that planted people are surrounded by good influences. That's great. That's a great advantage to being planted. You're surrounded by people who have a good influence on you. 
Because all of us have been surrounded by people that have bad influence on us, right? All the bad things happen because of that. Like nobody walks up to a shop all by themselves and thinks, I'm going to go shoplift today. They do that because they're hanging out with their buddies and their buddies go, I bet you won't go shoplift. I bet you can't get a piece of candy out without them catching you. See, it's always bad influencers. But this says that you are surrounded. You are surrounded by people. It says you're, you don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. You don't stand in the way of sinners. You don't sit in the seat of mockers because you're surrounded by good influence. Planted people are fruitful, verse 3. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Planted people are strong. Their leaf does not wither. It's quite a way to define strong, isn't it? Walk up and say, you look really strong today. Really? Why do you say that? Your leaves are not withering. You are a non-witherer. They'll probably hit you, but you'll mean it in a good way. Planted people are prosperous. Verse 3 says, whatever he does prospers. And then verse 6 says this, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And all that means to me is, Planted people are watched over by God. And I don't know about you. I don't know the stuff that goes on in your life all the time. But I lay in bed at night and I say to God, I'm so thankful that all the stuff that happened today that I did not expect that caught me off guard, you're watching over me right now. I mean, let's not take that lightly, right? That's an amazing benefit of being planted. You are, you're watched over by God. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 8. That was the next one. Um, one of the advantages is that planted people are courageous. It says, He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the streams. It does not fear when heat comes. Planted people are courageous. And every one of you started singing the Casting Crown song, just like that in your head. Planted people are full of life. Its leaves are always green. How do you become green? How do you go green? Uh, you recycle, idiot. We all know that. Come on. Well, no, you go green by being planted. That's how you go green. When you're planted, you're always full of life. Planted people are peaceful, verse 8. They have no worries in a year of drought. And I don't mean that to make light of us that have worries. I mean, all of us have stuff that goes on in our lives. I don't think God means that either. But you know, you know the economy's tough, right? So do you know people that aren't following Jesus and right now they're just like on the edge all the time? I mean, they'll snap like that. Hey, you look great today. And they're pulling a gun out to shoot you. They're just in a bad mood all the time. They're just on the edge. They, they could be on the edge of doing something drastic with their own life. And then I know people who are following Jesus, and they're, they're in just a dire strait economically. But they don't react that way. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, that's a powerful benefit of being planted, to have no worries in a year of drought. You're a tree. There's a drought. Like, I'm not, a, you know smart guy when it comes to like the environment and how trees work and all that but I'm pretty sure they get water from roots right right and then the water goes up through the roots and out into the oh that feels good you know that's how it works or you know 
probably a little more technical than that. But it's a year of drought. And their roots are in the ground. And what's not in the ground? Water. And why is there not water? Because it's a drought. I mean, this is not hard, right? And there's no worry. I mean, the tree's not worried about it. I want to be that kind of person. I want to be, I don't want to be in a drought, but if I'm in a drought, I don't want to have to worry. One of the advantages of being planted. Last one from this passage. Planted people are fruitful. We already knew that from Psalm. But here it takes it one step further. They're fruitful even in bad times. Not only are they not worried about the drought, but it says that they never fail to bear fruit. Can I say that about your life? And can you say that about my life? I don't know. But that's what the Bible says. When you're like a tree planted, you never fail to bear fruit. So God calls you to Buffalo. He gives you a job in Buffalo. It's got to be God if you're going to Buffalo, right? And, you're, and the first thoughts, the first thought, out of Randy's mouth is, God's got to have something for me to do in Buffalo. I'm, i got to go. And I can't wait to be a discipler in Buffalo. I mean, what? The gathering. Near God. Near man. Making disciplers. People who are not only disciples, but they go out and make other people disciples. And here's a guy that got on the plane at 10 this morning. I'm going to Buffalo. Yeah, i got a job. I'm going to make some. There's got to be somebody up there I'm supposed to talk to about Jesus. That's the kind of person who will never fail to bear fruit. If he, uh, Colossians 2, 7, and 8. Zip through these last two and we'll wrap it up. Colossians 2, 7 says, um, Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. Verse 8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Okay. Planted people are established. They're rooted and built up in Him. Planted people are strengthened in their faith. I knew that because it said, strengthened in your faith. That was good right there. That was good. Wow. I'm going to give y'all my, my next material because they're just like staring at me going, what? Um, plenty of people are thankful. It says in verse 7 that they're overflowing with thankfulness. And what I love about verse 8, I mean, it's, verse 8 is very wordy and it's all about something about empty philosophy and deceptive and hollow. And if you've ever taken a philosophy course, you already know that's exactly what it is, right? You're sitting there going, God, this is empty and hollow. But you can't raise your hand and say, Professor, let's do a little philosophy. Hypothetically, you're an idiot. No, you can't do that. He'll fail you. You can't do that, right? Um, thank you, Wendy, for that look of confidence. Why not? Planted people are, are stable. That's what I want you to get from verse 8. They're stable because they're rooted because they're grounded, because they're established, they're stable. So somebody comes walking along and they go, oh, I got another thing you can do. Like that Jesus thing, yeah, that's pretty good, but let's add a couple things to it. What you should do is serve Jesus and stand on your head. And if you're not rooted, 
you'll go, huh, never really heard that before. Okay. And you'll be like the, the Jesus guy that's always walking around on your head. People think you're weird. But if you're rooted, you go, oh, no, I don't have to do that. It's crazy. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to add anything to Jesus. It's just Jesus. They're not led astray by empty, hollow stuff. They're stable. I want us to be stable. Last one, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Planted people are loving. Verse 17. I pray that you will be rooted and established in love. Planet people are loving, which is why when you meet Christians that are grumps, that never smile, that aren't loving, but are kind of like anti-love, right? They're like jerks. you got every, every right, just based on that verse alone, to question whether they're planted anywhere. And if they are planted somewhere, you probably can say, I don't know if I want to be planted there. Because maybe they're planted in a like group full of grumps. They're Christians, the grumpy church. Planted people are together with others. Verse 18. That you would have power together with all the saints. So planted people don't live off to themselves. We're not talking about moving to the mountains and buying 40 acres and putting your cabin. You, you'd be the person that whenever I drive through the mountains, I see their cabin up on top of the mountainside. And I think to myself, that would be awesome until the ball rolled down the hill. Then what do you do? Go get another one. You can't play in the front yard. You know, and then if your kid fell down the hill, it'd be even worse. But that's what we're not talking about that. Just going off and just, I'm putting my roots down, and I'm going to put them down by myself somewhere else. So I don't need you guys. It's just me and Jesus. Yeah, whatever. Not according to this verse. You're playing it together with the saints. And then planted people are full to the brim with God's love. Verse 19 says, He wants you to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, which is a really lengthy phrase, and all it meant was this. Fill that cup up to the top so there's no room for anything else there. You are full. How we are in the South when we eat the big meal and unbutton the button. Right? That's what he wants. Planted people are full with God's love. All right. Did you get all those written down? Good. Because it's time for me to stop. Um, let's just wrap this up this way. There's a lot of good things that happen in our lives when we're planted. Right? But they can pretty much all be summed up in one phrase. When you're planted, you grow. When you're planted, you grow. Every one of those benefits that we just read from those four scriptures says that we grow. When you're planted, you grow. That's the big idea for today. I don't want you to forget it. We grow up when we put our roots down. So the important question is, where should you put your roots down? And that question is so important, I'm not going to answer it until next week. So you have a whole week to go, what am I supposed to do now? Many of us can feel like this, and in fact, I'm sure some of you do. 
you can relate to feeling like you're kind of just drifting along. This this past week at camp, we went out um, into a lake, and, you know, kids are kayaking and falling out, and um, I spent about an hour just holding onto a beach ball in the water. It was great. It's just fun to hold a beach ball in the water, and you just kind of put your head in the water, and then you bring it up, you put your head back, and then when you finally sit up, you're like, how did I get here? You know, like you're, you're supposed to be way down there, but you're down here. It's just that's just kind of what you don't have to fight to, you know, to drift. Drifting requires how much effort? None. It just requires that you get a beach ball. Some of us, that's that's our life. I mean, I hope that's not too harsh, but some of us, that's our life. We can relate to that. We don't relate, and I'm throwing myself in here too. We don't relate to all those qualities that we just read, like, you know, strengthened, fruitful. No matter what's going on, peaceful, we kind of go, well, those are things I'd like to attain. That's not where I am right now. But, boy, Paul, when you talk about drifting, <laughs> I can relate to that. Some of us, that's just where we are. We can relate to feeling like we're drifting through life. We're not really secure. We're not really attached to anything. I know that when my mom passed away, that was one thing I felt a lot. Because my mom was kind of like the touchstone of my life. Like, it didn't matter what was going on. I could just pick up the phone and go, so, Mom, like am I going to be okay? And she'd go, you're going to be okay. God's got you. You're going to be fine. And when she was gone, it's like, what do I do? What do I do now? And you just kind of lose touch with that. It's easy to feel like you don't have any anchor. It's easy to kind of feel like we're just kind of drifting through life. And honestly, some people, their whole goal in life is just God, don't let me hit an iceberg. And that's their whole life. I don't really want to get anywhere. I just don't want to die. So I'm going to kind of drift along here, but please don't let anything bad, really, really bad happen to me. Don't, don't, in the middle of my life, don't let me hear somebody go, iceberg, dead Ed. We don't want to hear that, right? We just drift. We're a little unsettled. We, we can't really explain what we have in Jesus other than I used to feel it. I don't feel it so much now. And more than likely, it's because you're missing something. And what you're missing are roots. That's what we're missing. Just putting our roots down. Digging down deep. Because when you put your roots down, that's when you start to grow up. And my prayer for you, for me, the next three weeks is that God would start to just reveal to us, man, here's how to put your roots down. Here's not just what good happens when you put your roots down, but here's how to put them down. Here's where to put them down. Here's what I'm going to do through you when you put your roots down. Because we start to grow up when we put our roots down. God's desire for your life and for mine is that we would be strong, that we'd be established, that we'd be full of love, life, and blessing. And the only way he's made for that to happen is for you and I to be planted. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this teaching. Um, to, to, not because it's amazing because I did it, but because it's straight from your word, God. I believe it's timely for our society. God, I, I know it's so easy if we're really honest. It's like coming home at the end of the day and you're just so tired. You don't want to think. You don't want to read. You just, you know, means find something on TV and just, I just need to veg out for a while. And those, there's times like that, God, but the last thing you want is for us to, to live our lives spiritually like that. You've not called us to that lifestyle. You've not called us to be just, just, just to drift, God, and 
You've called us to put our, our roots down, to be planted. And I pray, Lord, that, that you would continue, God, just to draw people to this place, that this would be a gathering of people who feel safe putting their, their roots down, who feel safe saying, I want to be planted here so that we can be fruitful at all times, not afraid of droughts. We can be courageous. We can be strengthened. Just to name a few. That's your plan, God, for our lives. And we're so thankful for it, God. In your name, Jesus. Amen.